When we first started hanging out, you were still... I was so straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Don't cancel him. Thank Get. you. Dan, the man, the myth, the legend. What do you think happens when you take a depressed teenager who's been forced to suppress an entire part of their identity and have them upload to YouTube for 13 years to be torn apart and scrutinized by millions? I'm Anthony Padilla, and I spent a day with Daniel Howard to find out. Hello, Dan. What, what, what is this? Are what you, is this? Are you a robot? That what is this? A, what was that hand gesture? I was trying to force your hand into mine. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But were you going for the bro handshake? No, 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 I was doing this. Yeah. And then I was like, you might need some assistance with your hand. Yes. And because you were very robotic. There. Hi. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Okay, well, we I made feel it like weird. I'm meeting cool. the president. Thank you. Oh, you feel that like you're meeting the president? I feel like I'm meeting a, a better dressed clone of myself. Do you like what I went for today? Yeah. Okay, so I looked in the mirror literally... and I thought, I am going to wear my most Anthony outfit. I walked out to greet you. Hello. It's exactly and the same then outfit. I have this sweater, which is also just rips and zips and crap, because do you know what your style is? Rips, and, like rips and zips and, zips and crap. crap. TM. People used to say that we looked identical. I don't know if, I don't think I see it anymore. Don't say we look like each other, because we don't. Because we don't. No, I think we've, no. I think we've grown, we've yeah. evolved. Or was it just the hair? No, you've gone on like a nice positive journey with your hair and your body and your clothes. And like my whole life is just slowly imploding downhill. Oh, shut the fuck up. So like there was a point, And then since then, you know, we're going in different directions. That's okay. It's good for us. Remember how when I was at your, your live show yeah. and you were doing your gay crush tier list? So first up is Anthony. Not to be weird, Anthony Padilla sat right there. Uh, hi, uh, Anthony, this is not weird. This is not about you, this is about me, okay? I was already trying to deal with the fact that you just called me out on your yeah, yeah. gay You were like, I didn't ask list? to be, there was a lot to process. You were like, I'm on Dan's gay crush tier list. Yeah. You just pointed at me in a room full of people on right. a live show, and now yes. what's he about to say? And I was not expecting to be on that list at all. Well, okay, especially context, when you invited me to context. it. I did not just say I have a crush on Anthony. That's I, out of nowhere, because no, I have a crush I, I on Anthony. I was answering the philosophical question, would you fuck a clone of yourself? And I was the closest. And so I said, Wilbur, Sir Anthony, Liam from One Direction, probably yes. You know what I mean? But I gave you an A to Anthony. That's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you did give me an A, so I wasn't complaining. So shut the fuck up. Okay, thank you. Yeah, good. Did you ever think that you'd be putting together a gay crush tier list and performing a set revolving you being gay. No. Because when we first started hanging out, you were still... I was so straight. <laughs> That's how it works. When I met Anthony, I loved breasts. Love breasts. I was just obsessed with them. It never even crossed my mind that your sexuality might be different than what you were saying. Because you're a good, honest person that expects the best just, in people. Just take you at, at face value. Well, good for you being yeah. trusting and nice and honest. Why aren't you like Anthony, eh? WWAD? What would Anthony do? Thank you. Not question someone's sexuality. I would take it at face value, even if they're lying. Yes. Mm. <laughs> you were kind of repressing your truest self. Growing up as a 90s kid in the UK yeah. was just super homophobic generally. Because oh, yeah. there was just like toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. people saying that like being girly, being gay is kind of bad. The number one thing was literally just that playground insult where you'd go like, oh, that's so gay. Yeah. Because even though that sounds weak, it's not that violent. It's not like a horrible 
vicious attack or anything. It is just the soft implication that gay equals bad. Yeah. And if you know on some level that that's how you feel and you mm. internalize that, it makes you go, oh, I'm broken. I'm not supposed to be here mm. anymore. I went to an all boys school, which is a terrible idea. Like single sex schooling is yeah. a big thing in the UK. Did you have to wear like little outfits and everything? You have to wear little blue outfits, had a little tie. But was it very cute? It was kind of a serve and yet, <laughs> Like, it definitely brainwashes everybody to be crazy because yeah. you don't live in a single-sex world. So if you have a school of just a thousand guys and they're all 15, it yeah. is just a horrifying cauldron of testosterone and violence and self-loathing <laughs> and it smells terrible. Ooh. And I was just thrown into the middle of that and mm -hmm. it was not a good environment. And it was that thing where people didn't know that I was gay, but because gay was the go-to insult for yeah. anything, I got bullied for being gay just by being like kind of a nerdy, nice kid because I wasn't, you know, particularly aggressive. I wasn't trying to just like headbutt locker rooms or stab mm. people with compasses as I was walking around. And therefore I was weird. It's like, why right. wasn't I doing that? That's I should be out there stabbing people. So the really cool hetero dudes were doing. Exactly. So people would be like, you know, Dan's a cocksucker. And I was like, I've never sucked a cock. It would turn out that then one day I would have liked to. Mm. And that fundamentally is what it came down to. And it took not only decades of me just existing, vibing, looking at the world, the world becoming a better place, the internet becoming slowly less toxic. I don't know if you agree. Mm, it's toxic it's, in different ways. It's still bad, but it used to be so much worse. Yeah. I don't know what it would have been like if I came out to my family 10 years ago, but in right. the year 2019, they were like, oh, well, we know that this is fine. Because <laughs> they've, they've heard of it before. Yeah, yeah, they've heard of it They've been exposed now. to a like gay a before. TV. Well, apparently my grandma had just like her favorite gay waiter at an Italian restaurant, and that's what made her realize that gay people exist and they're not evil lizards, so oh. good for her. Did you cope with those feelings by, by being chronically online? Uh, yeah. You said I mean, that you were no, online no, no. constantly. It's a, very, it's a very roundabout way to go, Dan, did you have no friends? <laughs> did, were hey, were Dan, you were alone you, in you your room? Nerd. And this is the crazy thing. You, my journey with my sexuality and accepting myself and being a YouTuber, being out in the public and all, like being a creative person that has to tell the story of my life to be entertaining mm. is so intertwined. If I didn't have a life on the forefront of the internet in the good side where people are open and accepting and queer and nice and have this audience of people that had already been so supportive of me, I would have yeah. never, ever made it anywhere oh, near the place where I would have felt comfortable being honest with myself. So in a world where I didn't become a YouTuber, I'd probably still be in the closet right now. So and this, that is crazy. So you didn't decide for this life to happen? I didn't decide. I just started YouTube because I was bored and then it just kept happening and then I didn't stop it and then here I am. Right, just kind of like how we did not consent to be born. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hello. Hello, I did not choose this. I mean, I know I was an accident as well. Which yeah, helps. so was I. Yeah. Accidents yeah. for hello. life. Yeah, boom, here we go. Explains everything. I told my mom that I didn't choose to be born and she got very upset. With really? <laughs> But you are the light she's of my like, life. Yeah, but am I wrong? She's like, you you were the sperm that, that fought the hardest to get the egg, so you did shoot. I was like, that wasn't me. I don't associate with that sperm. Yeah, no, I exactly. I mean, I could have just, I mean, you know me. I was the sperm that probably like bounced into a fallopian tube and yeah. like tripped into the egg. Yeah, you did like, not There's choose. no way that I outcompeted other things. If there are less physically successful Dans out there in my dad's balls, then I can't imagine how terrible they'd be. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got to assume it was an accident. Are we still the sperm or does the sperm disintegrate and merge? We are not qualified to have this conversation. I spent a day with sexual health experts that can explain how attached we are to, to the sperms that we once were. 
I'm just going to talk to sperm experts. Okay, thank you. Right, I'm going to watch that. I am spending a day with sperm experts right now, though, so. (laughs) You've been on YouTube for 13 years. Unlucky for some. (laughs) You've had many different eras and iterations of yourself and your career. Like the Taylor Swift eras tour, but just like disastrous homosexual flailing. 2009? Yeah to 2011 is I'm just a bored teenager making YouTube videos, there's no plan. Mm -hmm. I would say that 2012 to 2015 is, oh my God, I'm gonna try Mm. to be a YouTuber. I'm doing it right now. 2015 to 2018 is like the Dan and Phil era. That's when we went on the tour and that was like, that was, this is so much of a thing that we really have to acknowledge and celebrate it and mm-hmm. do stuff. Because before we were just associated acts doing our own thing. And then yeah. it was like, oh no, this is a thing. And we need to give the people the content that we want. And then it was the, where did Dan go? Uh-oh, he gay era. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm not straight. And then that turned into the why I quit YouTube post burnout question mark era. Who spends a year making a coming out video, gets 10 million views and fucking dips. So we're in the post why I quit YouTube question. Burnout question mark era. Burnout era. Yeah, yeah. You made an enemy out of YouTube. I did, accidentally. I got all in on being like, I'm a bit burnt out with the typical experience of being a YouTuber. And that's when the YouTube originals department, rest in peace, were like, well, hey, Dan, we're doing all of these things with all of these people. So start working on like three, four, five things and you can keep being a YouTuber. And then the problem was I went all in on that for like a year and a half. And then they just canned the entire department at YouTube because it cost too much money. Oops. Did YouTube not want you to talk about those details? Is that where you made an enemy? I mean, look, everyone that I know at YouTube was like, Dan, you know, we were always on your side. We wanted you to do these things. We were all really excited for it. They had no control over this entire part of YouTube just getting deleted because it was spending too much money. So they were all sad for me. But obviously, professionally, they have to be like, okay, well, if Dan's like talking about all of this stuff, we can't like... And that's the weird they, they thing. They can't keep shoving, yeah, they shoving can't, you they forward. Yeah, they can't keep putting me on a billboard because yeah. I was like, this sucked. Like, check out Dan. Enough. His most recent video is why I quit YouTube and why part, certain parts of YouTube suck. So there you go. It's like, they don't hate me. It's just that they don't love me mm. <laughs> as much as they used to. The day that I posted basically I'm gay was the best day. It was the best era. And even if there was only one YouTube video on my channel for like a year, it just means so much more than everything else because mm. it's the whole thing that my life was leading up for. It's the video that could have only ever happened because of my life on YouTube, putting me in this position where I finally felt safe being able to have this conversation with myself. Boy, there is a lot to unpack here and it is a total clusterfuck. So strap yourselves in and let me tell you a queer little story about a boy named Dan. So when that video, was basically I'm gay video was released, yeah, you said it was the best day of your life? Probably. I was confident enough that people would be supportive for me to even write it in the first place. So by that point, I'd already come to terms with like, Mm. I am doing this. I thought the video was good. (laughs) It was was good. I was really excited to upload it. It was very good. You had accompanying uh, animations. (laughs) It was this wild story. Bisexual lighting. (laughs) This is kind of bisexual. It is actually, yeah. I feel like you get that. I went on this journey where when I started on YouTube, I was just trying to be super relatable and funny, talking about that everyday comedy stuff. You know, and comedians would be like, (laughs) plain food, my bitch wife, am I right? Like I was very much like, Guys, people that talk in the cinema, can you believe it? Oh my God. And then it got more self-deprecating. And then it got to the point in like 2017 where I was really struggling with my mental health because I'm someone that's always suffered with depression throughout my Mm. life, probably as a result of the gay thing. 
Maybe. Shout out to the schools. I heard your mental health is attached directly yep. to how much you are concealing or not concealing a part of you. Exactly. And sure that bitch was buried in a nuclear waste disposal facility somewhere 4,000 miles under a mountain in Iceland. Thank you for using so, miles or else I might not have known. Um, what is up with that? I mean, that's called the Imperial Unit. I thought you guys were like anti-UK stuff. And no, we using the love it because it's confusing as fuck and it doesn't make any what sense. What the hell is a yard? Uh, three feet. What the hell's a foot? 12 inches. I, 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 and what's 12 inches? You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, what are we talking about? Um, depression and... Depression. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was. I think for now, we're, we're taking the mental health thing slightly for granted. Like, it's very normal now to just be like, guys, I have anxiety. I struggle with depression You could literally sometimes. say I'm taking a mental health break and people are like, okay, That is totally you. normal. In 2017, yeah. I was terrified to yeah. upload that video because oh, sure. I was just thinking, are people going to say that I'm crazy? Are they going to yeah. unsubscribe because they think that I'm weird? That was the surprise for me that not only were so many of my audience so supportive and patient and empathetic, which as we would probably know from how toxic YouTube had been since yeah. 2005, is not what you would expect from the majority of a YouTube mm. comment section was just overwhelming support, people listening and understanding. But so many people, and this is the thing that really hit me, said, I feel exactly the same way as you. And I didn't know until you told your story that I even had a problem. I just thought mm. that's what life was like and this is who I was. And that moment for me just made me realize how important it is for people to share their stories and to be honest. Because I think that the mental health conversation online yeah. has progressed over the last few years where people used to be like, I have anxiety, lol. Whereas now people are like, but are you okay for real? Mm -hmm. And I love that for us. We're on a healthy journey where right. we can still be self-deprecating because people talk about this. Are you allowed to joke about your mental health? Am I allowed to joke about my sexuality? Is Anthony allowed to say that he's sitting here with a sperm expert right now? Yes. yes. Thank you for the... <laughs> All I needed was that. Don't cancel him! Thank Yet. you. I'll Yet. do something worthy at some like, point. I don't know what he's going to do in a week, exactly. Where even if it is slightly problematic to joke about your own vulnerabilities, it is healthier to be joking about it than it is to completely pretend that you're fine than you're not. Because mm. even if it's a bit weird, at least you're getting it out there. Yeah. Because the biggest thing is not keeping it locked under a vault inside. So if you need to crack an awful joke to just get something on the table, mm -hmm. at least it's on the freaking table. Yeah. And then once it's out there and then the kind of the joke wears off and anyone's around there to support you, that's when you can actually look at it and be like, well, now that we're there, am I going to like get some therapy <laughs> right. and that can be the process. So I feel like, yeah, you can be like, I'm a depressed gay and it's like, well, yeah, that's where you started, but where are you going? Mm -hmm. And that's the exciting thing. After I left Smosh 2017, I started making my own videos mm -hmm. and there was this theme throughout all the videos that I started noticing where I always ended up crying in a bathtub, <laughs> crying in the corner of the room by myself, so funny. crying in a Pikachu outfit with, with a Pikachu mascara running down my cheeks. And I realized people started being like, oh, haha, ha, you're always crying. And I was like, yeah. okay, so I am making jokes that do come from a place that's yeah. within me. Yeah. And it kind of made me reflect on that and be like, am I just a sad, depressed person? And that was actually good because it made me come to terms. I actually did start going to therapy after that. Art therapy, that's what we were doing. You know what I mean? We were yeah. just trying to be funny, expressing ourselves. Right. And we accidentally learned about ourselves just by trying to express ourselves online. I, I think I would have probably just not known about any kind of inner reflection. I think I would have probably stayed completely separate. Although I did listen to emo music. Yeah. So 
That did force me to touch my inner self. You might not have been dressed as Pikachu. No. But you you still would have done the crying at some point. And I would have had skinny jeans on. Exactly. And I would look damn good. But would you have had as many rings? Would you have had the tattoos? Would you have had the scarf? No, I would not have been able would to have afford any of that. No. <laughs> but even though I feel like this is, you know, your, your, your confidence in expressing yourself aesthetically is also just a reflection of the authenticity journey that you've been on. So we love that for Anthony and all of his fucking accessories. I hate having shit on my body. Thank you. I you don't like it? it? I don't think a single one of my rings would fit on your hands. You have monstrously masculine hands. Thank you. But how big are your hands? I got baby hands. Oh my hands. god! I got baby hands. Wait, I got, is this like Anthony cute hands confirmation? Got, oh, shut the fuck up. Oh. You're pushing your hand up higher than it actually goes. <laughs> I'm like, that, oh my god, I'm <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> you're, it goes down to the middle of my palm. I just wish that I was arm. less macho. I can't help it. Here, try putting on, this is my biggest ring. Okay. And that one fit on a, your pinky. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's on. It's oh, on the it's ring, on your finger. ring finger. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Now you could punch someone Ugh. and you could leave an indent. I, I hate it. No, it just feels good. Okay, this is a therapy moment for me. Why am I so afraid of accessories? You have a tattoo. Oh my God, the cool Anthony. You came to my gay tearless show because you were getting inked in That's London. That's true. I was getting inked that day. And that is a commitment. It shows that you have confidence in something that you're going to go for it. People ask me, Dan, what would you get a tattoo of? Yeah. And I do not know because the idea of committing to anything long enough for it to be on my body forever terrifies me. No, and that sounds like a therapy thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty one-dimensional. I think all I'm motivated by is sex. Mm. No, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, why do I want to do the cool things? Why do I want to improve? And it's to be cuter in the eyes of somebody so I can get what I want. So right now you're living your I want to be fuckable face? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Like, because I, I lived a whole repress. I was straight for 28 years. You didn't want to be fuckable then? I loved breasts. Well, I maybe did on some level because I felt like I needed to look cute so that people would like me, but it wasn't going to go anywhere because it couldn't because right. I was I was a prisoner of, of myself. Yourself. But here I am, I'm on the loose and I'm trying to get loose. <laughs> That's why you don't wear rings. Let's see. So, um... <laughs> He's allowed to with friends. <laughs> it's okay. I have never made a joke like that with you. <laughs> Which is so weird because for almost our entire friendship, yeah, you were yeah. straight. Yeah. To, for my. This is the appearance. sad thing, right? For so many years, there were friendships that I had, like mine with yours, where I felt like we were actually being held back from being closer as friends mm. because I was afraid to have any kind of deep or meaningful conversation with you in case we accidentally got on the topic of anything That's to do with true. romance. And what did you think? Were you like, this guy's so mysterious, what the hell's wrong with him? I thought you just really liked to play Mario Kart and be quiet. And that was it. <laughs> Okay, and to be honest, look, that's not that wrong. That's really, I'm not that deep. There's not much that I, the Dan Iceberg, no, we, America. I mean, we would talk about the struggles of creating content on yeah, YouTube and that kind of yeah, thing. We talked about yeah, deep stuff like that, yeah. but whenever I was like, so that time uh, when you lost your virginity, that was cool, right? Okay, I'm, what happened? I'm tired. You know <laughs> you're, what I mean? I, I guess, you're like, I think I need to go get some more. Um, Guys, I think I shot it. I need to go right now. Yeah, yeah. and we would bond over. What was that drink that we used to make? Tequila Sunrise. Tequila Sunrise. When you go to a YouTube convention and they got a free drink, they're going to give you orange juice and tequila, and that hit the spot. Okay? And a little grenadine on top for the yeah. sunrise. Well, there is that photo of us that you tweeted. When is you that the asking. one? That is the one. That is when we met. That's us after four tequila sunrises let's, with our matching emo hair. Let's look at it. Oh. Let's look at it here. <laughs> That's, that is a tequila sunrise in my hand. Oh my God, the black polo. I remember that moment. I was super drunk, 
Just four tequila sunrises deep. You had one with me though. I, did, I said, you yeah. want to get a drink with me? What are you drinking? I said, tequila sunrise, baby, let's go. And you said, I'm in. And yeah, I'm the gay one. <laughs> and with that said, I can't go without thanking BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode for very obvious reasons. So as most of you know, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Therapy is completely, changed the way that I view myself because it helped me understand where I came from and who I am now and how that affected who I am now. But therapy can be customized to whatever is right for you and it can be useful in helping with motivation or feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else you might personally need. BetterHelp, of course, screens all their therapists to ensure that they have experience and that they're certified and licensed, and they provide customized therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone or even speak over the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. One of the hardest parts for me personally in finding a therapist was finding a therapist that I actually connect with, and it got super expensive bouncing around from one therapist to the next, trying to see who was working, which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy where you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So with that said, that is why I'm thankful for BetterHelp, who are giving I spent a day with viewers and listeners of the completely uncensored podcast version of the show, 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. That's betterhelp.com slash Padilla. And guess what? Rocket Money is sponsoring this episode. That was correct. Rocket Money is an app that helps you track your expenses so you won't have to waste money on subscriptions that you don't even use. I just found out I've been subscribed to Fabletics for the past eight years, which totals over 5K and I'm totally fine. Okay, I'm fine. But I found out a little factoid here that makes me feel a little bit better. Most Americans are just as stupid as me and they think they spend about $80 a month on subscriptions when it's actually closer to 200. And the really cool part is that Rocket Money shows all your subscriptions in just one place and then it cancels anything that you don't want for you. It makes it super easy. And another really cool thing is that it can help you find subscriptions that you're being double charged for. Yes, I also just found out I was being double charged for Spotify. It's fine, I'm fine, I'm okay. You can get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Seriously, it could save you hundreds or more per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. That's all I have to say. Now back to the world of Daniel Hill. Do you feel like your self-worth is attached to your numbers? Have they ever been attached to your numbers and your stats? I think the last time I looked at YouTube Creator Studio was like 2017, because I was mm. like, I can't, I just can't. I just can't. Did you try for a second though? I tried for a second and I just didn't like what I saw because you shouldn't <laughs> find out, oh, you thought that you were funny. Well, they didn't care. You thought you liked this. Well, the robot says no. You get the red graph today. And I'm just like, I can't do this. No, mm -hmm. I will just go live in a remote cabin in the woods and self-publish erotic furry fiction on Amazon. <laughs> okay, watch me. I'll do it. So do I love doing YouTube? Yes. But also I feel like there are many things that I wish I could be doing more of mm. that I feel like the way that YouTube is set up. I it doesn't can't. encourage you to do that. Exactly. But at least you got this. Hey, hey. I got this show. Wee. Um, no, but I really do love doing this show. And I feel like part of the reason I've been able to keep mm. doing stuff on YouTube for so long is because I have this setting where I'm learning about other people's experiences. And that is the exact point. After 13 years, I'm tired of talking about myself. I mean, that's like what me and Phil's second show is about because that Dan and Phil era was us going, this accidentally became a huge thing. There's a mm. load of people that really specifically like all the stuff that we do together. Mm. So we are gonna make content. We're gonna do a gaming channel. We're gonna do stuff. We're gonna write this book. We're gonna go on this tour because we feel like before we all get old and die and all of these YouTube people grow up and everything changes and everything's gone, this needs to be celebrated, needs to be locked in. And so that second show we did, Interactive Introverts, was literally mm -hmm. like, we'll do whatever you want. We'll give the people what they want. 
we had a bunch of people that would send emails being like, I went to your show and it made me really upset because it was fucked up how crazy this audience is and they feel like they can just, you know, tell you to do it. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Like, you can calm down a bit because it was just supposed to be funny, but that is the point. That is the point. You are <laughs> yeah, their yeah, puppet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I made a video about parasocial relationships, talking about how we are way too invested in these people online. We feel like we're entitled to their personal lives. YouTubers are like our mental health rides on the opinions. You know, you're daily vlogging. These people are controlling your life. And yet also we have to be like, please buy merch. At the same time, these people are like, oh, I love my favorite YouTubers. They don't even know you. It's crazy. It's toxic. It's messed up. And so because the video was about it, I thought, I just, I think it's funny. I think it's a shit post. I'm going to call the video, we are in a relationship. Because it's a video about how I am in a parasocial relationship with the audience. That's what the video is about. And because of the clickbait, it got twice as many views as all the other things. Because I thought you were coming out about being it in a relationship. It was not a better video than anything else I've ever made. It was just the thumbnail and the title. And that made me go, oh my God, this hellhole website. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. I've been pushed to the point. Always has been. When I did not know what I was doing after Smosh, where I was like, I'm going to think of a title and thumbnail and then figure out a video. Honestly, which is so fucked up. Honestly. <laughs> So after I've done this series, I'm a bit like, because people keep going, oh, Dan, I've really enjoyed this thing that you did after work with YouTube. What's next? And I'm like, next? Mm, Do you have anything? I don't, mm, I don't know. I'm going to have to really think. Could I find something like this that somehow plays the game and is exciting and expiring and allows you to do something that you love mm. and keeps you going? Maybe. Or will I just move to the remote cabin? We'll find out. So have you thought about leaving the internet behind completely? Um, no, because I like attention. Um, I mean, this is like, what would I abandon my career completely? And the answer is no, because I need external validation to feel like I exist. I just know that's the thing. Does it come from me talking to myself when I was seven? I don't know. And I just you, know it. You are amazing. I like attention. I, I hate being perceived. I, I hate people being intrusive. I want to put up boundaries. And yet I can't exist without attention or validation. Yeah. Do you want the validation to be about you or your work? Um, work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there, there is a, a world out there where you... I'm an anonymous no longer... author self-publishing fairy fiction on Amazon, five-star ratings, and maybe I get everything that I want from life. Who knows? What is it about doing what you do that brings you the most joy? Mm. What does hit is someone being like, you made a positive impact on my life because it's that kind of gratitude that is long-term. So the short term, the attention, the likes, the this, that, and the other, that is kind of, it's fun, it's fleeting. It's when people go, you opening up about your mental health put me on a journey to sort my life out. You opening up about being gay helped me come out to my family. That's what's like, that's why I get out of bed in the morning. In a sense, you are who you needed when you were younger to see on the internet? It is exactly that. I look back at 15-year-old Dan just feeling completely alone and isolated in the world just like so stressed, so anxious on this road to like horrible depression, being in the closet and just knowing that if I share my life and if I can make it funny enough for people to get these horrible, traumatizing topics out on the table, then I feel like I'm actually doing something with my life. I went to your show, your, your, your tour. Yep. We're all doomed. I was so thankful that you ended with a monologue about yeah. how even though you broke down how the world is complete shit. AI is going to take over everything. Capitalism, climate change, fucking sun burping. We're all going to instantly die. It's not looking good for the future of humanity. But, but 
There is uh, a little cherry on top that you put at the end. There's so much more to life than focusing on that. Like yeah. you can you can be aware of all that stuff and know that it's happening in the background, but you don't it's have to put every day. all of your effort and energy on mm -hmm. that. And it's just realizing that as stressed as we can all be about how terrible the world is and all these bad things that keep happening, if we just share our stories, if you have conversations with people on these chairs and that opens people's minds and they talk about things, when you think about what you can do to other people as an individual, right. we all have the power to save someone else. I mean, do you feel like writing that show, you went in with the idea that we are actually all doomed and that you were forced to write that kind of positive ending? I was in a really bad place just before why I quit YouTube. Imagine that your dreams have all come true and you have your chance for something to happen. What if you get the chance and it goes wrong? Like, is that almost worse? After I mean, a year and a half of dedicating all your time. Exactly. In that moment, I was just like, damn, if this was my one shot where everything would be building up to this moment and I finally thought the best thing was gonna happen and it fell apart, then what is the point in me even trying to live? I was honestly like, what was all of this for? Yeah. Like, what was it for? What was I heading towards? What is the reason that I'm doing any of this stuff? And then lockdown happens. You look mm. into the news and how terrible everything was. And I was just like, the world is awful. And I was just thinking, I, ha I have to come up with something. So this show, The We're All Doomed, and me going on this tour, it's not just me trying to come up with a funny show about it. I literally went on the tour and wrote the show to save my own life. If I do a show called We're All Doomed about why life is so terrible and then it ends on trying to find a reason to be hopeful for the future and find and thinking that as individuals we do matter, I am trying to make myself believe that every night I do it on stage. So literally doing the show for me is an affirmation. That's like the definition of manifesting <laughs> what you want to be with your life. You just wrote it. Yeah, and that is, I don't know, the privilege that we get. And when I think about YouTube and social media, for all of the terrible things about it, the beautiful thing about it is it does allow anyone anywhere in the world to have a voice and to create what they want whenever they want. Mm. And that's the beautiful thing is that for all the reasons why I quit YouTube, why I think that all of social media is terrible, at least we're all here. At least mm. no matter who you are, you can find a community. You can express yourself. Mm. Now the world of social media is this place where you can find your tribe. You can be introduced to so many different kinds of people on the show and realize, wow, the world is huge. Humanity is mm. so exciting and diverse and different. And I think that is what we need to focus on. <laughs> It's interesting because it goes both ways. The way that I feel directly reflects the way that the videos are. Yeah. The, the beginning of the pandemic really being horrible. Mm. My videos took a dark turn. My interviews were yep. like kidnapping survivors, school shooting survivors, mm -hmm. human trafficking survivors, yep. death yep. row survivors, all these extremely dark topics. And they were a reflection of the way that I felt about the world. Yeah. And it wasn't helping. It was kind of playing into, <laughs> it was, it was confirming that the world was Like fucked. when you're already spiraling a little bit, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just be real. I'll go yeah. there. And then you're like, oh my God, I want to get off this wild ride. <laughs> exactly. And then you can't get off. Um, so then, you know, once I could start doing these interviews in person again, I started oh God, making them yeah. a little bit more fun, going into, you know, kind of having like some positive takeaway. And Oof. it's directly reflected my mental health. Yeah. You know, which is weird. I feel like the audience gets to see where I'm at. Absolutely. But the also what they see is helping me get to a better place as well. Well, thank you. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. Oh my God. Thank oh God, you. We're so thankful. Look thank at us. You. We, did it. we somehow made this hellscape great.
Thank you. You're doing it again. You're beginning and ending it with the where do I go from here? Handshake. Just a, a normal, normal it's handshake? A normal handshake okay. with your massive fucking hands. My macho hands. Wait. Do you have that outfit? Wait, the nun outfit? You have the nun outfit. <laughs> it's in a suitcase. Do you have it? I mean, I feel... <laughs> Is it here? What, what? I mean, no, we'd have to go get it, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's in a hotel. Oh, shucks. Oh, no. We it's okay, we won't get that. Yeah, it's been a weird journey, my yeah. hot boy autumn, because I spent so many years on the internet just being like trapped in the closet, not being authentic, and now mm. I'm out on the road being my gay ass self, and that's manifested in strange ways, like me going out to a gay bar in Nashville, Tennessee, dressed as a slutty nun from Spirit Halloween. It was weird. So when I ask you what the future looks like for you, it might include a little bit more non-outfits? Non yeah, I might just join a convent. You know what? You would look good there. Not, yeah, it would be a serve and I need Jesus.